Welcome to the Triple F Podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not-so-hidden temptations. We are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring to the show people who know what they're talking about and help you with some of these aspects of your life. You live life only once, so why not live a life worth living? In this episode today, we get a chance to interview me, you, co-founder of Legends Gym. Ving is a certified and experienced personal trainer and co-owner of Legends Gym in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It actually just opened up on April 1st. She considers herself a power builder and competes in both natural bodylifting and powerlifting competitions. Whoa. In this episode, we go over rookie mistakes people make in the gym, when and why to reach out to a personal trainer, and how to track your personal fitness goals. Enjoy. So Ming, tell us what you do in one to two sentences. Um, well, I'm a certified personal trainer, um, and I'm also a co-owner of Legends Gym, which is a training facility that's going to be opening up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin um, in April. And I'm also a powerlifter and bodybuilder, um, and I kind of flip-flop between doing powerlifting competitions and bodybuilding competitions, so I, it's more of like a power builder. So you're like a fitness fiend. I am a fitness fiend, yeah. <laughs> all a, things athletic. That's definitely a long resume, but all kind of mashes together nicely. How did you end up getting into that? Was it just something you've always been into since like growing up? You've been doing lifting and stuff like that and just happened naturally? Did you just like wake up one morning and be like, oh, I think I'm going to like open a gym and like do these competitions because like I am whatever. Um, I've always been into athletics. Um, my dad is actually a martial arts instructor at University of Wisconsin-Madison, um, and he instructs privately. Um, and so I've, I started at a young age kind of being into fitness. I played a lot of sports growing up. And then um, I actually got into weight training because I was a breakdancer, um, and I wanted to improve my upper body strength. Um, so that's kind of where it started um, in high school. And then I continued in college and then eventually um, decided to pursue um, a certification and then fell in love with bodybuilding and so on. So it was kind of a natural progression. Were you a part of like the, what was the group called? Like the B-Boys and the B-Girls at like Wisconsin-Madison, like the breakdancing club? Um, it, this was in uh, Madison. This was in Milwaukee. It was, I started getting into breakdancing um, in high school. Uh, which is at Madison East, but it was only in the school community. And then by the time I went to college in Wisconsin, at UW-Wisconsin-Milwaukee, that's where I was doing the majority of my breakdancing. Interesting. I've actually won a few uh, dance competitions in my day, but it's more like freestyle, like crowd approval. Like, you know, when you go to the bar and the 40-year-old cougars are cheering you on. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's, all, it's always fun to kind of, you know, command a room. Yeah, I remember it was uh, a couple of years ago on New Year's Eve. We went to like the Great Dane Hilldale in Madison, and we, there was a, they said like, called people up for like, a competition. And I'm like pretty good at dancing. I like had my fair share of like controlling the rooms, as you said. And so like I had already talked to, like enough people in the bar, and so like I ended up winning the competition by crowd approval. And my prize right. was like a gift card to the Great Dane. And so okay. like, the next day we go back, and I told like my friends like, oh don't worry, I'll like, cover all this stuff. 
And then the guy swipes the card. He's like, you have $1 left on this. I'm like, who did I buy <laughs> drinks for last night? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, like, people cheer for you. It's like, buy a drink and... They give you their number, and you know, you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, you spend all the money, you give all the money back. <laughs> exactly. So how do you like, split your time then? So you're like running the gym, and then you're doing powerlifting competitions. Is like the powerlifting just like once in a while? Like, are you super focused on that? Like, how, how does your life kind of play out in that regard, mixing all that together? Um, well, I kind of, my weight and my body type fluctuates according to, you know, what kind of um, end goal I have. So when I'm bulking, um, I usually try and build my strength and build my muscle size. And then I will enter a competition, like a powerlifting competition. Um, and this is just more of a recent thing for me. I've been doing bodybuilding style training for a lot longer. Um, but now I'm, I'm leaning out currently. Um, and I'm looking to compete in a bodybuilding show probably uh, either sometime at the end of the summer or early fall. So what's the difference between those two things? A bodybuilding competition, or bodybuilding, and then a comp- like a weightlifting competition. What's the the deviating factor there? Well, bodybuilding is all about aesthetic. So it's you know it's you enter a competition looking your best, um, looking your leanest. Um, presentation and posing is a factor. Whereas in powerlifting competitions, you're, I mean, you're deadlifting, bench pressing, or squatting your max weight. So whatever that is, my last powerlifting competition was at uh, brickyard gym, um, which is where I currently train out of. Um, and I did a 325 pound uh, raw deadlift and raw just means that it's ungeared. So there's no straps or, or um, body suits, um, you know, nothing of that sort. So it was just pick the weight up. <laughs> that's like triple my record. So that's pretty good. <laughs> thank you <laughs> so like yeah when so I, I kind of understand from the competition standpoint like whoever lifts the most wins right but then when you're at right. the like body building one like obviously anyone who is going to submit themselves to this is going to look pretty good and like takes their fitness pretty seriously what's the differentiating factor there from someone who is going to win versus someone who's just going to qualify and like get into the competition you mean like what's the difference between like a winner and someone who just kind of enters? Exactly. Um, I think everyone generally takes it pretty seriously. I mean, I think, you know, the, the winners usually it's very subjective. Like it, it, you can, you can look how you think is your best. And sometimes it's not exactly what the judges want. So I kind of always abide by the rule of liking how you look always so chase your idea of perfection, not someone else's, because according to, you know, whatever show you go to and whatever state and whatever federation, the criteria is going to be so different. Um, some, some judges want, you know, really hard, um, lean and conditioned bodies. Some people want size. You know, some people are very picky about presentation. So the women have to have their makeup, their hair, their posing needs to be flawless. Um, in general, you kind of want a combination of all three. Um, so, but it, it, it's, it's very difficult to see which, which one they're looking for. Any tips on someone who'd be interested in getting into the bodybuilding competitions, like participants that 
if someone goes, oh, like, you're really pretty and you work out, like, should they, you know, submit and, like, do it? Or is it something that's very, taken very seriously and not just willy-nilly anyone can enter? Um, I actually think that you have to really love the process. Like, if you're not someone who's a fan of dieting or a fan of working out really hard, I would say it might not be for you. Um, I think that if you can fall in love with the process of getting lean and the process of, of you know, working very hard in the gym and in the kitchen, then it's something that's definitely going to be um, fun for you regardless of the outcome. Okay, so you're saying like have like set goals for yourself and stick to them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like kind of enjoy the little parts of prep. Like, oh, you know, I, I'm down, you know, 2% body fat this week or, oh, I, you know, I, I dropped another five pounds. Um, you need to kind of like getting to the stage, not just being on stage. That makes sense. So like, how, how do you personally stay motivated and or like, how do you help your clients stay motivated in that regard? Like I can see someone going, working really hard for like a week and then like, oh, I got like some results, but then like the competition's in like six months and like, oh, you know what? Let's go ahead and grab some beers and pizzas this week. It's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay, <laughs> that doesn't sound to be out of my mind, but like, you know, it's not my body, you know, but. Um, it's all, it's all about balance. Um, I don't usually tell people to be so extreme where they can never do anything or never eat anything. Um, a lot of my clients have cheat meals, they drink, um, they celebrate St. Patrick's day. (laughs) Um, it's just that it's create finding a balance and creating a balance where you can enjoy the things that you like, but still, um, you know, I would say 85 to 90% of the time stay on task as far as fitness goals. Um, every single person is a little bit different. So it, depending on your body type, you may struggle with the diet. Um, someone who's naturally lean obviously can eat a lot more uh, without seeing the adverse effects than someone who you know struggles to lose weight. So there's always, always different factors and everyone wants a different um, outcome from their training. Like some people just wanna be in shape. They wanna feel athletic. Either they're training for a marathon or they're training for some sort of you know, athletic event. Um, and other people, you know, they're really looking to have like the bikini beach body, in which case the diet, you know, becomes a, a crucial factor. And what so, kind of diet would that entail? I mean, do people just, I mean, oh, there's all sorts of diets out there. So do you want to maybe just like set yes. the record of like what people should really expect and they're really shooting for, like just to have a healthy lifestyle, not just, it's almost spring break. So I need to lose like 20 pounds and look my best for like the boys down in Daytona beach. You know, like, Yeah, I think the main thing for diets is that it shouldn't be a diet. It should be a sustainable meal plan that you just kind of can really easily follow. Um, That's the main reason why people think, oh, you know, well, it's not like I can't, you know, I need to be able to have the pizza. I need to be able to have the beer when I want. Um, And without feeling bad, without feeling like I'm regressing or I'm going to gain all the weight back. Um, So it's, it's, it has to be sustainable. It has to be something that is simple to follow where you can have a cheat meal once in a while and not gain the weight back. Um, like I think we discussed earlier, um, a lot of people do fad diets, which are like cleanses or really, really extreme, um, deprivation diets. Um, and it's meant to, you know, they, they advertise it as lose 15 pounds in a week or something like that. Um, and those diets generally are failures because, the people follow the diet and they lose the weight, but then they gain the weight back after the diet is finished because they're eating, you know, they go from having probably a thousand calories or 1200 calories to having, 
you know, 2000 calories. <laughs> so that kind of transition overnight is what makes them pack the weight back on. So it needs to be it needs to be a, a caloric amount and a macronutrient ratio ratio that makes sense for the individual person. And so each body type's gonna be a little bit different too, right? I'm sorry, what was that? Each body type, each person's gonna be a little bit different for what it right. is. Okay. Right, and you got to ask them questions. Like a lot of people think, like, well, what do you eat? Because they want to follow a diet that I eat, and I'm like, well, what is? I need to know more about you. I can't just say, okay, what I eat is going to be right for you. Um, it varies according to age, according to gender, according to um, current weight and height, um, according to what your fitness goal is. Like, say you don't want to put on muscle. You don't want to be a muscle, muscular person. I don't know. That diet is going to be completely different than someone who just wants to either lose weight or just stay in shape and maintain. So it depends on what you want. Because I've heard, like, so many people who are, like, uh, big into bodybuilding, right, like, on the guy side – like, oh, right. I like, have my protein shake after I work out, and then I go home and eat chicken and broccoli because, like, that's, like, the best for you. <laughs> like, oh, my God, like, I could not eat, that, like, two meals in a row. Like, how do you do that, like, every day, dude? Like, wh- why are there so, like, do you want to maybe debunk some of those myths that, like, people think that you need just super high protein stuff for bulking up? Like, how, is it a good way to maybe balance the, their meals? Um, well, protein intake is important for putting on muscle mass and it's more, it's actually more important. Um, actually protein and fat intake is very important for maintaining muscle mass while you're leaning out. So stuff like what you, the diet that you kind of just described is more of like a cutting diet. Like if, if I were preparing for a bodybuilding competition, my, my meals might be a little bit blander than they would normally be. Um, and that's only because, um, I'm cutting carbs. I'm, you know, doing some sort of carb cycling diet. And in those situations, I'm training very hard too. So the fat and protein intake being high is crucial for me to retain muscle and not muscle waste, if that makes sense. It definitely does. Like in the end, like most people should just really get some like expert advice on what to be eating with their set fitness goals, correct? Opposed to just reading some article online, like it said, you should eat this and like do this exercise. And then I'll be like, you know, beach body for like spring break. Is that right. Like if I'm, I mean, I think most people Google according to what they want to hear. So if they want to hear like, Oh, you know, eat Oreos and still lose weight, they're going to Google some sort of study that has proven that you can do such a thing. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. same thing with like, uh, you know, I've, I, I, I hear a lot about, you know, just being on carb on low carb diets, like Atkins style diets, for long periods of time. And I'm actually against that. Um, so it, it, it really, you have to ask the question so that you don't end up following a diet for numerous months before realizing that it hasn't worked for you. It's a big waste of time and it's very discouraging when it doesn't work. I can imagine. So I can be like, Hey, like I would have got this recommendation to go on this diet. I'm going to, you know, lose like 15 pounds and like, I look great and feel good. And then I put, I actually decided to put forth the effort and, Six months later, I'm like, why is this not working for me? And then you're like, oh, but like this wasn't a good diet for like your body type and whatever. And I'm like, ah, oh, what a waste of my time. <laughs> and now I'm just like disappointed. And I just go like grab a beer from the fridge, you know? It's like, yeah, and, and it's important not to get like that because it's it's one of those things where it, it can be trial and error, you know? Um, and you, I would always say, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, you got to watch carb intake. You got to watch, you know, um, where your carb sources are coming from. 
where your protein sources are coming from and where your fat sources are coming from. So, you know, opting for mixed nuts and avocados instead of, you know, cheese and dairy um, is one of the kind of decisions that you have to make when you're trying to lose weight. Um, Do you realize, but, like, people from Wisconsin, like, listen to <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it, and it's difficult, but it's one of those things where it's not something that you'll do always, you know. It's, it's when you're really shooting for for weight loss and to, um, you know, get certain health issues under control. Um, so if you're in that situation where you're looking for weight loss, you know, you, you do have to be a little bit stricter, but then you get to a point where you can do what we talked about, where you're maintaining the body that you have, you're staying in shape. You don't need to do any kind of drastic dieting. Um, the diets to just maintain and be athletic and stay in shape are much simpler to follow and they're more sustainable. They're very, you know, open-ended, like you can, you can have pasta, you can have, um, you know, your, your cheat meal every week, you can do the things that you want to do and still look great. What sort of like cheat meal do you think is like acceptable? I think when people hear cheat meal, like there's a very vague <laughs> statement to that. Like, well, it's, it's never cause it's cheat meal, not cheat days, I think, <laughs> and not cheat weekend. Like a lot of people get that confused where it's like, Oh, so to, I'm going to have, you know, sausage and pancakes for breakfast then I'm gonna have a burger and fries for dinner and then I'm gonna have you know beer and mozzarella sticks at the bars later that's not what, a what diet is that? that's like that <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's it has to be somewhat controlled <laughs> I think a lot of people go a little bit crazy and that's what you want to avoid it's just like little things like that just being um, keeping your food intake in moderation. And from my perspective, like just my opinion on it, like uh, I don't eat like the per like a perfect meal like every week or every day. Like I eat really well, but it's not like a perfect diet in any stretch of the imagination. And like, right. for me, when I have like a cheat meal like that, I like, go to like uh, a burger place. Like it just tastes so much better to me because I haven't had it in like two months or something. Like, I actually like, appreciate it because I'm yes. hungry, like usually eating the salad and some like fruit for lunch like I'm not saying it's a bad thing but like when I am eating like a McDonald's like every day for like two months like the burger doesn't taste that good anymore like it's it gets old and like it's like oh my god really and so you really right and enjoy it, your food seems like a good way to go yeah and I think you know when people get used to eating poorly all the time um they don't perform at an optimal level in their lives like they're very um dragged down they feel tired they don't feel energized um, they get sleepy, you know, um, and they can't function at a high level. If you're eating, you know, just high octane crap for every meal, you just don't feel good. Um, I think that just kind of making sure that you're getting like a balanced kind of diet throughout your day is so important. Um, and it's not really that difficult. I think that people just were so exposed to kind of bad food all the time. And I think that's kind of an American thing and probably a Wisconsin thing too. Um, there's a lot of, you know, temptation. Yeah, like vending machines. I, I can think of, on one hand, I count the number of times I've eaten something from a vending machine in the last five years. And it's because like, I'm like dying and I need some like intake to like survive, right? It's not yeah. like, uh, you know, it's two o'clock. I need a break from uh, from work. I'm just gonna go get uh, 16 things to the vending machine. Like, oh my god, dude! Like, no wonder you. Whatever. I'm not gonna judge people, but you know, it's like I can see why. Like, you are like tired when you walk in with your like Mountain Dew and your 
eyes are droopy at like 8.30 for work. It's like, right. maybe try to eat a little bit better. But. So eat like, a little bit better and, and get exercise in. And there's a plenty, plenty of studies and articles about, you know, fitness kind of re-energizing you, um, helping your mood, um, just enhancing your productivity and stuff like that. So it's well documented. I think it's just that people, it's hard, it's easier said than done. It's hard for people to have, you know, a full, you know, a full day of work and kids at home and stuff like that. And then be like, okay, and I'm still going to go to the gym. So that's the hardest part is just getting there and kind of starting the process. Any recommendations on getting that integrated into your life? Like, let's say someone walks into your gym, like, oh, I need a personal trainer but i'm like busy with like my kids and like my girlfriend's not gonna date herself my netflix is not gonna watch i hear that all the time okay that's top 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 three things are you know i can't afford it i don't have time um and how kind of how long is this going to take because (laughs) i don't have you know i don't have six months to dedicate to this kind of lifestyle um, and it's always, you know, I can tell when people, they, they just don't know how much they're going to have to give. Um, I always tell people, if you have time to binge watch all these shows on Netflix, because that's one of the first things that people tell me is, oh, have you seen the new season of American Horror Story? Or, oh, have you seen the new season of this? And I'm like, listen, you can definitely watch your shows on Netflix. Why don't you do it at the gym on the Stairmaster or on the treadmill or on the elliptical? You know, you can still get your kind of quality TV time and still get your workout in. So I'll always kind of bargain with that. Um, the other thing, too, is, you know, the kids come up. And the other thing, too, is I'm I'm always asking, like, why why, do, why aren't your kids on following some sort of healthy meal plan? You know, because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, my kids love macaroni and cheese. My kids love pizza. My kids love this. But it's like, you know, they need to have some sort of some sort of meal plan where they're getting in, you know, a healthy amount of vegetables and a healthy amount of complex carbohydrates and stuff like that, not just bread and uh, white bread and white pasta and, you know, chips and all these kinds of things. Like there has to be some sort of integration of healthy foods into their diets as well. So it would be so much easier if you were to put them all under the same diet, then you'd all be eating the same thing you would be um, kind of doing it together. That way there's not like a whole like pantry full of Oreos and, and chips, you know. Um, so for people with kids, it always makes it easier if the whole family is on board. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then it's just, you know, the other thing is, is I think it's just about consistency. So if you, you maybe you start just doing it three days a week, you know, um, on weekends and then you pick one weekday where you go to the gym. Um, but then you kind of make it a habit and gradually it kind of starts becoming just part of your normal day. And that's when really you're going to see the success and the results that you want to see. Do you have any recommendations on like making it more integrated, like successfully? Like let's say I get up in the morning at seven thirty, and I get over to work by nine and then six o'clock rolls around, pick up the kids from daycare and then we plop down, eat dinner, and it's like, oh, I should go to the gym. But then it's like 8.30, and I have to, like, tuck the kids into bed. And then, like, oh, my God, like, Netflix, I need to, like, watch it here. Like, is there a better way that, like, people can, like, integrate going into the gym in their lives? Or is it, like, do you see a lot of people, like, say, I don't have time because they just choose to, like, wrap it around everything else opposed to, like, integrate it? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's mostly that people don't want to have time. Okay. <laughs> because I think I mean I train I train a, a huge variety of individuals who have jobs and kids and stuff like that, and you know they they find time, and a lot of them are very very busy. Um, but they still make it a priority to get the work done in the gym also. So it has to be something that you genuinely want. Um, if you want to spend time and go out to the bars and stuff like that, then you make time for that. You make time for the things that you want to make time for. Um, unfortunately, most people don't see the gym as a priority until their health is at risk. Mm -hmm. So until a doctor says, Hey, you need to lose weight. Um, you're at risk of a stroke, you're at risk for diabetes. That's when people are like, okay, now I have to actually take, take, you know, take the reins and, and head to the gym and try and get some insight on a, on a good meal plan and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, you know, prevention is better than just, you know, it, it's, it's better to, you know, do take the steps necessary to prevent that instead of just waiting until it's actually, you know, a reality and then saying, okay, now I'm going to go to the gym. Now that I, now that I might have a stroke or I might have a heart attack or I might have, you know, uh, high cholesterol. Now I'm going to go to the gym. That's usually what people wait for. They wait for the worst possible moment to try and get in shape. Do you think they're even <laughs> going to keep up with it? Or they're just going to give up right away. Like, Oh, damage is already done. Might as well just like go back to my old ways. Um, some people, but I think a lot of people, you know, if they have, um, a supportive family and they have, you know, uh, either a trainer or, you know, a workout partner who doesn't let them quit, you know, to kind of talk them out of it. Um, that can be very beneficial. Sometimes people though, you know, they're very negative. They're, they want to say, you know, you should, you should stop. We should just sit down and watch Netflix, like significant others or friends who are like, why are you always at the gym? Mm -hmm. You kind of want to, um, if you have a supportive like system, friend system, family system, then that's like, Obviously, those people are much more successful. I've never understood the, like the connotation that like, people like gym rat, like it's like a bad thing. It's like, oh man, what a terrible <laughs> person! Like wants to like get into really good shape and like be healthy and live longer. Oh, terrible person. Yeah, oh, I I get that sometimes. I mean, I don't think people have to necessarily be, you know, a gym rat. They don't have to like spend every waking hour in the gym. Like I'm in the gym always because it's you know it's where I work and I I work out usually every day. Um, but it doesn't, I don't, people don't need to be like that to attain, you know, their fitness goals. It's just that, you know, I think it's just personal preference. Like if you love this, then I'll, then, then you'll be here regularly. Like I see a lot of people who are there working out every single day or two, even two times a day. Um, and it's, it's more, mostly I think it's therapy. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, this is my routine. Um, this is where I get my, my stress out, my frustration out. Um, all those kinds of things. So it, it can be a mental release kind of too. I definitely like it for that regard too. It's like, I don't use my phone to like listen to music or whatnot in the gym. Like I put my phone in my locker and then that way I'm like, oh, like I don't have to like think about all these other things going on in my life. I can just sit here and like unwind and relax. And then like, like I said, de-stress is like huge for me. It's like, just get rid of all the things like that are going on in my life. Just whew. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I feel like that too. I feel like it's more of like, you know, I get to kind of be alone in my thoughts for a moment and just kind of, um, get stress out. I mean, there's nothing better. It's the same as like, you know, going to like a, a kickboxing class. Like I kind of take my, my frustration out on the weights. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so, like, some people are overwhelmed by, like, how long you'd have to spend in the gym. Like, oh, I don't have, like, an hour and a half, right? You said people need to make time. What if someone only had, like, 15 or 30 minutes for a workout? Like, any recommendations there on you know, what they have that's to focus on? You know, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Like, uh, a lot of people, like, I see people in the gym sometimes for three or four hours straight. And there's no need for that. Honest to God. I mean, I would, say, I would say my workout's at max are an hour and a half, but usually they're only about an hour. If you only have 30 minutes of your day to kind of get a workout in, I would recommend something very high intensity. Um, you know, something like RKC kettlebells or, um, you know, progression Olympic lifts would be good. Um, it's a good full body, something full body. You need something that is going to target the most, uh, muscles in your body. Um, just so that you can kind of, um, your heart rate can be elevated. Um, you'll be burning calories, you'll be burning fat, um, and you'll be working on kind of your body as a whole instead of just focusing in on one specific muscle group. Um, so something, something high intensity like kettlebells or something like that would be beneficial for 30 minutes. Wait, so um, is, is there a bad part of the day to work out? Like, let's say like I go work out my lunch hour, right? Like when my old bosses used to do that, we had a gym next door. So yeah. Work on his lunch hour. Like, what if someone's like, oh, should I go eat lunch first and then work out? Like, is that a bad idea? Or is it like, should I work out, then eat like a full-blown lunch? Like, how does working out and like food intake mix well together? Um, well, it depends on it depends on what you're going to eat and it kind of depends on what you're going to do. So I would say that eating like a huge, like really filling heavy lunch would be a no-no. Um, <laughs> you know, because then you're going to feel weighted down and you're going to feel so unmotivated. Um, <laughs> but something light and easy, um, is going to energize your workout. Actually, you don't want to be like lifting on an empty stomach because you're kind of, you, you're not going to have the same energy and the same strength that you would if you go in having eaten something. Um, and you want to use, you know, kind of the energy from the food, um, to kind of optimize your workouts. So, if I come in and I haven't eaten anything all day, I'm going to be significantly weaker. Um, I'm going to be significantly more tired. Um, and generally I'm just not a big proponent of like fasted anything, fasted cardio, fasted workouts. I think that's kind of, um, doing more harm than good. Um, I want to feel good when I work out. I don't want to feel weak and, and tired and kind of sad and just kind of waiting to be done so that I can go eat. So I would say, you know, eating before and after wouldn't necessarily be a bad idea. It's just about kind of eating small amounts um, and not concentrating all of your food and these like big meals all the time. So having like a post-workout snack would be excellent too. Like in addition to like the protein shake that much everyone takes in like afterwards. It's like you've never seen a person leave the gym without a protein shake in their hand. It's like impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like I, protein shakes are good. I'm. I'm, I'm a foodie kind of too. So I, I do eat a lot of food. Um, I think that protein shakes are good for people who are, you know, on the go all the time. It's more convenient and something that they can kind of carry along with them without, you know, it's spoiling or, you know, um, going bad. So, uh, either it depends on the lifestyle, you know? Absolutely. We've talked a lot about uh, fitness goals for people. For people who just need to be getting into fitness or even who work out or are looking to change, what are some good goals to really have? Like you joked about people getting like the beach body in six weeks. 
which is not possible. Like, what are some? Well, it can be depending on how far away they are. Okay. I think realistically, people should look for kind of everything. They should want to be, you know, they should want to improve their mobility, improve their flexibility, um, improve their strength, um, and also, you know, depending on where they're at, either put on muscle mass or lose weight. So you should be looking for all of those things. Um, not necessarily in like two weeks or something like that, but generally you should see pretty gradual and um, consistent progress. So every week you might have a PR with something, you know, you might be doing heavier bench presses or you might be doing heavier squats. Um, Just every week kind of adding on a little bit more weight and kind of pushing yourself to those limits um, is a good thing. That makes sense. And then, you know, with strength increases comes the changes in your body because you're pushing yourself. Um, so that's that's kind of, you know, pushing yourself as far as that goes always changes your body too. And you're going to have weight loss. You're going to have muscle mass increases, all those kinds of things. Okay. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about uh, the gym you're opening and how that kind of came to fruition? Uh, yeah. Um, Legends Gym is is – something that has actually only been in the works for about six months. Um, You know, my business partners and I, um, we kind of, we've been working outside out out of these little gyms in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And, you know, we kind of wanted to do something that was a little bit more geared for the trainer um, and geared for the, the clients as well. So when people hire a personal trainer, they're expecting to, you know, not only have guidance and, um, encouragement in the gym but also you know they want to have access to the best equipment um they want to have access to you know a good gym environment right so if someone's coming in and they feel kind of self-conscious about working out for the first time they don't necessarily want to go to a cramped full crowded gym where people are you know constantly doing these big circuits and I'm using that and I'm using this and you can't use that because I'm on this you know, it's kind of intimidating for the first gym goer, you know, kind of that initial first experience. So I think that what we tr- we're trying to do is open up a facility where people feel comfortable um, attaining their fitness goals in a more comfortable environment. So um, we have everything under the sun, really. We're going to have, you know, a deadlift platform, power racks, squat racks, uh, bench presses, dumbbells. Uh, we're going to have hit classes for people who want something, you know, more like cardio kind of classes. Um, and we just kind of wanted to, you know, make sure that the trainers are, are, you know, have the equipment that they need at all times to kind of train their clients. So there's no kind of, you know, working around other people. That's kind of what we wanted to get away from. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense to me, right? Like, because when I go to the gym and I see like a, a class in session, or even if it's just busy, it seems like difficult for everyone to get access. And if you're there with like a, a coach, right, like a personal trainer, like right, do I would probably feel bad if like they went up to someone on on like the rack, I'm like oh, excuse me, bud, like I have a client. See you later. Like you need to get off this. Like ah, like now everyone's <laughs> watching me, like the guy that's like doing like six pounds. It's like oh my god, like. <laughs> Why did they kick him off here? Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I think it's just it's just people are more likely to get, you know, to come and to also succeed if they're in a good environment. They're working out with um, great equipment, in a clean environment, in a friendly environment, 
um, and in an environment where the people who are employed are very knowledgeable. They're not just like these, you know, young kids fresh out of, you know, high school or college or something like that. Um, just kind of doing whatever in the gym. Cause a lot of the corporate gyms, you know, they're just, they're so focused on quick money that they kind of, they kind of fall behind when it comes to people's actual goals. So we're kind of trying to personalize the experience. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's really going to help with people because I feel like a lot of people that complain, like that to me, but it's like in general about like personal training, like I'm going to go get into shape and then I'm going to get a personal trainer because then they'll really help me get up to yes, where I need yeah. to be. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because it's like, you know, sometimes you, you'll, you'll injure yourself or, you know, you'll, you'll be doing something that's not beneficial for what you're trying to do for a very long time. You know, a lot of people will download these cookie cutter workouts that are, you know, that are just posted on these websites. And it's like, but is that really right for you? Do you know? Nope. And then, and then you'll Google around, you'll find something totally different and you'll be like, well, maybe this one will work for me. It's better to kind of go in and talk at least if anything, go in and talk to a professional, ask them, you know, like, Hey, this is what I want to do. Um, what kinds of things should I be eating? How should I be working out? You know, like get a general idea of what to do before you just kind of, you know, read one article and then go off on your own. And also the main thing too, especially if you're weightlifting is to understand technique. So when you're getting under this heavy weight, don't be afraid to ask someone like, am I doing this right? Because there's a lot of people who, you know, they're deadlifting and they're squatting um, incorrectly. And then they end up, you know, slipping a disc, they end up injuring their back and then they're out of the game for six months, you know, and they can't, they end up gaining weight and all that kind of stuff. So you want to work forwards, not backwards. <laughs> I'm all for like communicating with people at the, the gym when you're there. I actually remember when I was uh, working out on like Madison campus, like I was on my last set of like my like, um, bench press and I just yeah. couldn't do it. And I just dropped the bar like on my chest, like all the way on it. I'm like just laying there. And some guy like is next to me like, hey bud. He's like, hey, like do you want to help me get this bar off my chest? He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, like, you see this guy with, like, barred his chest, like, looking around, like, it's not some exercise. Like, feel free to step in and, like, save my life here. Yeah, yeah. And, and see, most of the people are generally good with, like, helping people out or, like, giving advice. And not all advice is good advice. So always make sure that you're asking someone who knows what they're talking about, not just anybody. <laughs> Do you mean, like, uh, someone that, I guess, that works there versus, like... I think anyone that gives advice like has good intentions, but like exactly, how do you know that's actually good advice? Like if I see some guy who's like right. super ripped, I'm like, do I do this right? And he'd be like, yeah, dude. Like he might just be saying, yeah, like get me to stop talking to him, <laughs> or like exactly. whatever. Like dude, like you're like curling like ten pound dumbbells. I'm doing like hundred. I'm like, oh my god, like don't be talking to me, you know. But it's like. How you just ask someone that actually like, works there? Should they usually know? Or, yeah, like, know. because generally, like people who you know at least understand you know um the basics you know generally if they're if they're employed there they kind of know the basics of lifting and, and diet so just kind of asking them is a lot better than just asking someone who might just be hanging around the gym a lot of people they just google around and they'll find this article on bodybuilding.com that they think is like just the answer the only answer and for a lot of people that can be like such tunnel vision and it's just like it might not work for everyone maybe it works for you but it might not work for the person who's asking you. So it's important not to just look at what worked for 
yourself and also look, look towards, okay, what does this person want to do? You know, what, what are their goals and, and where are they starting from? And, you know, lots of things like that. You want to ask them everything, you know, you're, have you ever injured yourself? You know, because you might not be able to do certain movements. Um, do you have food allergies? Are you a vegetarian? Are you a vegan? You know, those kinds of things. You can't just spout off, you know, a specific diet or training regimen without knowing these things about someone. Thanks a lot. So. Well, I definitely appreciate everything you've uh, enlightened us with so far uh, today. Anything you want to leave the listeners with? Um. Well, just to not give up, you know, it's one of those things, and it sounds corny and cliche kind of to say that, but, you know, I've seen people have dramatic turnarounds with their, with their whole lifestyles, you know, um, generally people that I train, they've, they've gotten off, you know, depression medications. They've, they've started eating well, they've started exercising more and partying less. They started, you know, having, um, more positive relationships with, um, the people in their lives. Um, it's something that can really change a lot of things about your life, not just, oh, I'm going to look good. You're going to feel good. You're going to be healthier. Um, you're going to avoid a lot of pain and discomfort as you get older. It's something to think about, not just in terms of how I look. It's it's more like, you know, do this for yourself so that your health a priority in your life. Um, so, yeah, just just to just to be strong and 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 do what you can always make sure that you can kind of get to the gym. I would say maybe two to three times a week at the very least. Great. Well, th thanks again. Really appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Wow. Absolutely phenomenal show with Ming. You can definitely tell she's very passionate about helping people achieve their fitness goals. The fact that her and two of her friends are deciding to open up a gym specifically for personal training means she's showing the dedication to help people hit their fitness goals. Absolutely phenomenal. I, I guess what I would take away from this is if you're looking to you know, change body figure, get in better shape, increase fitness, hit some goals you aren't really hitting, reach out to professional. Let them help you take the next steps or at least a step forward in achieving your fitness goals so you can have a better, healthier lifestyle. We'd just like to give a quick shout out to our sponsors for the show. We are Polygon. We are Polygon is a development and digital agency consultancy. With an average of 10 years experience in digital marketing, design, and development under their belts, they aim to combine these disciplines in new ways to help businesses build and expand their reach and engage their audiences in measurable, effective ways. This includes fully customizable websites, managed with WordPress, PPC, SEM campaigns, marketing and development consultations, personal enterprise branding, and web apps that are usable on Android, iOS, BlackBerry, and Windows devices. Check them out at wearepolygon.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-P-O-L-Y-G-O-N.com. Also, for all your sports nutrition needs, Look no further than LAMP Enterprises. Our product lines have exactly what you need pre to post workout to get you the most out of your training and help you reach your personal goals, no matter what your fitness level. Thanks everyone for listening. Hopefully you learned something new or at least were able to share a few laughs with us. Until next time.